Are you ready to be connected? You're listening to the Insured Connection Podcast by PICA Group, a pro-assurance company, where we provide expert advice for your practice when you need it most. We connect you with industry leaders to discuss timely topics so you can listen, learn, and get back to caring for your patients. Now, let's connect. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Ross Taubman, the president of PICA Group, representing our podiatry, chiropractic, and dental professional liability lines of business. I welcome you to this edition of Insured Connection. Our topic today is physician burnout and its impact on doctors. What we hope to cover in this session is what is physician burnout, why it's an important topic for doctors of all ages, how do you recognize the signs of burnout, and then, most importantly, what strategies are available to deal with burnout. To assist us in this topic, we have the privilege to welcome Dr. John Evans, a podiatrist from Michigan. John has been a friend and colleague of mine for more than 30 years and has become a noted lecturer on this topic. John was a pharmacist prior to becoming a podiatrist. He's double board certified by both the American Board of Foot and Ankle Surgery and the American Board of Podiatric Medicine. John, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Ross, it's great to be with you. Thank you for asking me. Awesome. So, John, tell us how you became interested in the topic of physician burnout. Well, about seven years ago, uh, I kind of went through my own health and emotional crisis after I had an attack of appendicitis and had to have an emergency surgery. Uh, I kind of realized that I'm, I'm not getting younger, and I realized I'd never thought of myself that way before. So I started looking into different ways of maybe improving my life. And uh, at the same time, I was giving some talks for another organization on uh, dealing with difficult patients. So in my research with that, I started looking at the psychological end of uh, how we deal with things and how to communicate better. And after about uh, a year and a half of that, it was suggested to me that I look at at physician burnout. And I really hadn't thought of it in that way before because I didn't think I was burned out. And so I started looking into it and realized that this is something I wasn't hearing at our conferences. Uh, But yet it was beginning to appear in the uh, allopathic or osteopathic society's talks. And as I looked into it, it was affecting my colleagues and even myself in some ways. So as I researched it, I developed a real interest in uh, cognitive science. So I started studying about psychology and neurology and all this and how the brain works and how we deal with things. And the more interested I got, the more I realized that, hey, this is pretty, this is pretty interesting things. And maybe my profession would benefit from it. Certainly I did. So the more I looked into it, the more I realized that I think it would be useful for podiatrists, but certainly all medical practitioners, dentists, chiropractic, everyone who is in the health profession deals with the stresses that lead to physician burnout, especially dealing with the medical system that we're working with today. So it's just kind of gone from there. Interesting. So so kind of the uh, uh, what what better way to become an expert than to be dealing with your own set of issues and uh, finding a way out. So let's let's start with the basics, John. 
Um, and, and what I'd like to do is, is, is have you define what physician burnout is. I mean, it seems like this is more than just the occasional bad day at the office, right? Yeah, good point, Ross. Uh, but it's, it's more or less a continuum of symptoms. Uh, to be defined as truly burned out in, the, uh, in a medical sense, you need to have a combination to a, of a high level of three different aspects. Uh, emotional exhaustion, where you've lost your enthusiasm for what you do. Depersonalization of those around you, including your patients, where you develop a cynicism and more or less a detachment from looking at these people who come to us for care as human beings. And finally, a low sense of personal accomplishment. The reason you got into medicine is exactly the reason that you want to get out of it now, because it's just too difficult. And when you reach a certain level of combination of all three of these things, there is a loss of emotional, mental, and physical energy. And, and it's due to job-related stress. So it's not just the wear and tear of life, or you're having a bad day, but the system you're working with is flawed, and you're not able to stay afloat anymore. So how, how widespread of a problem is this? I mean, tell me a little bit about, uh, about that. Well, since we started looking at this, which has probably been about 10 years ago when it, it reached what we would consider pandemic status, uh, every year the numbers have gone up. And the true burnout, the, to be defined as medically burned out, is pretty significant. So most people aren't at that level. But... I think all of us go through phases where we're either emotionally exhausted or we're having a hard time being able to see our patients in the way we used to, or that we feel that we're failing in what we're doing to a certain level. Uh, but basically, about half of all physicians deal with this at certain times in their career. And it's really affecting everyone to a certain extent. We see burnout in students. It's a high rate of in our medical students and residency, uh, which can be quite dangerous where, you know, s medical students have a rate of about 11% where they either consider or attempt suicide. So this is truly a dangerous situation. So 50% so of uh, practitioners ultimately exhibit some level of burnout. And, and you've touched on this a little bit, but let's talk a little about the demographics. You gave the, I guess, the sweet spot in age for uh, the largest number of people, but is there any, I assume it can happen to anybody at any age, any length of practice, gender or other predisposing factors. Give us a little information on that. Well, it tends to affect both men and women but actually affects uh, women more than men, that over 50% of women will fall into the burnout category and about 35% of men in a recent uh, Medscape survey. And they can look at it in different ages uh, because it does, when they look at generational aspects of this, we do find there are some differences. All of the generations of physicians tend to deal with this to a certain extent, but from different reasons. Uh, it, younger physicians tend to deal with 
or come across burnout in a little bit different way than our older physicians do. When burnout begins to develop, usually the physician will overwork and they'll actually put more resources of their own into medical care for other people. Uh, and as they exhaust their resources, they become stressed and develop this emotional exhaustion. Uh, as we get older, it can be a little bit different because we got into medicine uh, for ways that sometimes we don't have a lot of control over. I often think of physicians as being cursed, that they didn't really have a choice. They, they were drawn to being a healer, to caring for other people. And in doing so, they're giving of themselves in ways that a lot of the general population doesn't have to. It takes a lot of work to become a doctor in all these professions. Podiatry, dentistry, chiropractic, all of us spent a lot of time learning, increasing our cognitive ability, and then learning how to uh, deal with problems and then within our own specialties. So besides that, there's the responsibilities of caring for other people. When you become a physician, you take on a tremendous responsibility that most other people in the general population don't have to. And we take this responsibility very seriously. We will put other people before us. So, so highly intellectual people and also highly driven people are hallmarks of being a physician, uh, I, I would think. Um, are there other drivers? Are there other predisposing factors that the data tells us about why physicians uh, develop burnout, additional reasons? Yeah. Uh, it seems that the level of burnout has increased substantially since the uh, implementation of electronic health records uh, and the data-driven nature of the medical professions of today. Since this happened, we've seen a spike and a continuous growth year by year of burnout rates because the physician is trained to be a healer, uh, but they're not necessarily trained to be a data analyst or uh, a typist or someone who does uh, more medical records type aspects. And yet we're required to, uh, for governmental standards to provide data to substantiate different medical care, which, which is a good idea. It's just when they set it up, the problem was every EHR system is different. They don't talk to each other and all this. Plus you're required to do things. And right now your reimbursement is based on that. So your productivity has switched from patient care to documentation. And the fact that, uh, Primary care physicians spend about two hours with EHR for every one hour they do with direct patient care. And so we've lost a lot of the autonomy that we had of being able to care for patients the way we feel they need to fit into the categories that are required by the medical system. Really very interesting. So some of our listeners may be thinking, you know, this doesn't apply to me. I don't really care about this issue. But one of the areas in, in that I've looked at is this is a really costly problem for our healthcare systems, is it not? Oh, incredibly 
they're estimating that over $5 billion a year are uh, put into the costs associated with physician burnout uh, for reduced clinical production and increased turnover of physicians with having to get new physicians in. So it's huge, but it's, it's not just a, uh, a dollar cost. When we look at a field that you are helping to protect physicians from, when we look into to medical malpractice and stuff, we found that the, the risk of medical errors uh, doubles uh, if someone is dealing with burnout. There was a 2018 meta-analysis that looked at over 42,000 physicians and found that, you know, burnout doubled the risk of adverse safety events along with decreasing patient satisfaction and providing a poor quality of care. And that if a patient, if a physician is burned out, there is a 17% more likelihood of being involved in a malpractice suit. And you know how that affects their entire life, not just professional, but personal life too, when they're dealing with something like this. So it's extremely costly. And it's also causing a lot of physicians to get out of the healthcare industry and choose a profession that's just not quite as demanding. Like what you're hearing? Go ahead and subscribe so you never miss an episode again. Now, let's continue to connect on today's topic. So, so let's be a little clinical for a few minutes, John, and, and talk about the symptoms of physician burnout, and then uh, equally importantly, what advice do you have for our listeners on how to deal with it? Well, the symptoms are varied. Uh, you're tired. You've lost the enthusiasm or motivation for what you've always done. You, you become more frustrated, maybe cynical. You may become detached and, and passive in your interactions with other people. Uh, you can start having extremes in your behavior. Uh, you get angry more or you get sad more. Your, your efficiency and efficacy reduces. You start making more mistakes. You develop what they talk about as being empathy fatigue. Um, you're not easy to get along with. Your staff doesn't like working with you because you're kind of a jerk. Stress levels go up. You can't sleep. And there's a significant increase in depressive conditions and other health conditions, cardiovascular. And now we're finding more and more about how it affects the immune system, leading to conditions of diabetes or even cancer due to the chronic stress on your system. So physically and emotionally and socially, your life changes. Interesting. So so if I'm somebody who's beginning to, to uh, exhibit some of these symptoms or, or I begin to uh, feel trapped or the stress, what do I do about it? What, what are the resources that are out there? Well, uh, probably the first thing you can do is try to start paying attention to yourself because that's the last thing we tend to do. We take care of other people. We don't take care of ourselves. Uh, and there was a saying that Randy Posh said uh, during his presentation, the last lecture, when he talks about what they always say when you first get on an airplane, that 
in an emergency, you're supposed to put on your own oxygen mask before assisting others. So the first thing is to kind of realize that you're, you're having a hard time. And that's one of the toughest things to do for you to actually turn the, uh, the camera on yourself and say, I'm having a hard time. Because one of the problems we have with physicians are we are superheroes. We can take care of anything. We can deal with anything. We're trained that way. And if we're having a hard time, it's probably our fault. And we just need to be stronger or work harder or put more energy into it. Where in effect, that's not usually the case. Usually you're, you're already functioning at that level. And if you're having problems, you should be able to try to understand that something's wrong. Now, if you can do that, there are certain uh, aspects that you can change your life to, to help deal with these problems. And these are the common sense ones. These are the ones everybody knows. We all do this, or at least we know we should do it. Uh, we need to sleep. We need to get adequate sleep, which may be seven, eight hours a night. And how many of us actually get that? But sleep. We need to eat well. Dietary importance is extremely important. And the more uh, research that's done on this, looking at between the gut and the brain and how we deal with stress, it's extremely important. So eating well. We need to get some activity, exercise. Try to get out and move. All of the aspects of physical health show that exercise can help. There was over, last time I checked, there were over 300,000 different articles written on the health benefits of exercise, not just physically, but emotionally. And then we need to try to disconnect from our clinic setting, our lives as helpers, as healers, as physicians. Uh, and if possible, get into nature, go outside, breathe, look at the sky, Ideally, it would be best if you can get into some place where there is more nature, like a park. But man, sometimes just a stretch of grass or one tree is enough for you to help to reset your life. Uh, talking to other people, doing things you like, hobbies, listening to music, all these things can be very, very useful. And probably the last thing, the thing we never quite get to for a number of reasons is to be able to ask for help. Ask for help from your family, your friends, your support unit, and even the, uh, the medical system, through the, the psychological supports that are out there. But for physicians, there's a real uh, hesitancy to do this because for one, it makes us feel like we're weak. And two, a lot of times, uh, these things have to be reported to uh, different agencies that you are undergoing care like this. And so there's, there's a hesitancy to do it for a number of reasons that some of them we really should work on changing in the system. But those are the, the physical tools for well-being. So, so that's great advice. And I, I think, you know, taking a good look in the mirror, uh, thinking about yourself, thinking about number one, first for a change and not 
putting yourself last in, in the line of things. So I think those are all great advice. John, as we finish up this session, clearly one of the catastrophic consequences of physician burnout is physician suicide. Anecdotally, uh, I am aware of at least one of our policyholders who uh, committed suicide that uh, was determined that stress created their uh, situation that they felt no way out other than suicide. Talk to us briefly about the prevalence and consequences of physician suicide today. Well, uh, the general suicide rates is a, just about 12 per 100,000. Uh, physician suicide rate is anywhere between 28 and 40 per 100,000. Wow, two, two to four times the, uh, uh, of the activity in the general population. Yeah, on average, we lose about one physician a day to suicide. And when you look at medical students, uh, after accidents, suicide is the most common cause of death. And for, for men, men is about, uh, for, for f- male physicians, it's about 40% greater than the general population when they look at suicide. For women, it's almost 130% greater than the general population. So it's, it's incredible. It's chilling, in fact. Wow. A, a very uh, um, interesting, unfortunately somber topic uh, of suicide, but one that I think all of us as physicians need to be paying attention to the warning signs, trying to do the things that you have talked about, about taking care of yourself, and then ultimately getting the help you need uh, to help you deal um, with the stresses of being a physician, which we all know are immense. Uh, Dr. John Evans, thank you so much for your expertise on this vitally important topic. On behalf of our team at PICA Group, you're listening to Insured Connection, and we'll see you next go-round. Thanks, everybody. And that's it for this week's episode, but let's continue connecting. If you're enjoying the Insured Connection, don't forget to leave a review on your streaming platform and subscribe now so you can connect with us each time we post a new episode. To stay connected with us throughout the week and to tell us topics we should discuss on future episodes, go to pikagroup.com forward slash insured connection.